0: Friday, October 2nd, 2015, it's the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Friday edition, Anything Goes. Patriots, we have one hell of a show lined up today. I'm going to try to draw some parallels between two different movements in this country, two different political parties, two different trains of thought, if you will, politically, morally, where our country's at, where it's been, who's been involved, who is involved, who's getting away with murder, who's not. It's the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show shining the light of truth on those individuals inside our borders who are hell-bent on destroying the values of the American people. Like I said, this is a very important show. I've put a lot of effort, a lot of discovery, a lot of time in on This show, the production of Patriots, fellow Americans moms and dads, brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, veterans, military active duty all you folks that still love your country, all you folks that still believe that America is the best thing that's ever happened to humanity since the beginning of God's creation here on earth today I'm going to try to present to you hard facts with some commentary. And I hope you go away from this two-hour show with some information, with some updates, with a different perspective on looking at things here in the United States. Now, I know all you liberals, all you progressives out there, whether you be from the Republican Party or the Democrat Party or just people who don't belong to a party. A lot of you moderates. I hope this show kind of turns things around for you in the way you look at America. But I know a lot of you, once you get into maybe five or ten minutes of my show, will move on. Well, I guess I'll just have to be, oh, I don't know. Settled with the idea that this information just wasn't meant for you in the first place. You would never buy into the facts, the truth in the first place. After all, the majority of Americans today, not all of us, most of us, buy into anything that the media tells them, that big government tells them, because they just don't have the time, as they say to make the decisions for themselves. Communist in the Rainbow House, formerly known as the White House, the Democrat Party, the party of death and perversion, abortion, the murder of the unborn, the murder in the womb of unborn American citizens Over 50 million, over 50 million Americans murdered in the womb. Abortion. The evil tool of a political party who has no compunction whatsoever in proudly proclaiming abortion is a right, and we stand by that right to kill human life in the womb. Please listen to this, patriots. All of you that still... Honor what God has created, human life. Listen to what a representative of the Communist Party, the party of murder and perversion, said about pro life, about murder in the womb. Listen to this. Is a uh, unborn baby with a human heart and a human liver a human beings?
1: The Supreme Court says that in the first trimester, they're not.
0: Okay.
2: So, what species is it? it isn't human, I uh, I support the Constitution of the United States, and I respect the laws of this land. So, and not that, then, that, that <laughs> decision has already been made? Okay. Thank you. And I'm. A-
0: that was Luis Gutierrez, a Democrat from Illinois, and he was asked the question about life in the womb: is an unborn baby? with a human heart and a human liver, a human being? He responded, the Supreme Court says that is, in the tri- first trimester, they're not. The questionnaire then went on to say, okay, so what species is it, if it isn't a human being? Terrace goes on to say, I am, I support, the Constitution of the United States and I respect the laws of the land. Mr. Terrace the stance you take for murder in the womb what is your moral stance on this? Is this your political stance or is this the, your moral stance or is it combined on this issue? Or is the Supreme Court your moral guide? your church, your confessor. You know, like your party, the Communist Democrat Party, the party of evil. You, Mr. Terrace, are evil. If I was to tell you, or the Supreme Court was to come out and rule, that up to three years old, or two years old, or 18 months, or whatever, families have a right to take the life of a child because they can't support it the state doesn't want to support it there's no place for it to go other words nobody wants it The s- the courts don't want it the government doesn't want it the parents don't want it Here why, hereby we deem that those parents have a right to take it to a clinic and have that kid put down like a dog or cat the Supreme Court says this is the law of the land. Would you, mister Guten Terrace, go along with that? Would you say I have to abide by that because I this is what I believe? The Supreme Court says this to be true, and I support the Constitution of the United States, mister Guten Terrace. You support the Constitution of the United States. You come from the great state of Illinois. You're a Hispanic American. You do not support the American people on another issue. Amnesty to illegals. You don't want Americans out there that say no amnesty to illegals. You support amnesty to illegals. Because Mr. Gutierrez is Hispanic and a Mexican, I guess, and believes that all Hispanics and Mexicans that come across our border should be given amnesty. So help me God. You know, Mr. you you're just a product of the liberal, socialist, Marxist, progressive left. You have no heart. You have no soul. You go along to get along. You believe that the Supreme Court is the ultimate answer to the issue of abortion and the right to murder unborn babies in the womb. Why? Because they say so, right? So whatever... The Supreme Court says it has to be law, it has to be moral law, so you'll go along with it. Sometimes I would say about somebody like you that that person's probably misguided, just doesn't have all the facts, but knowing that you're a representative of the United States of America, you represent your constituents from Illinois who are fellow Americans, and you go along with the murder of unborn babies in the womb, you're no better than Satan himself. You're no better than Ho Chi Minh, Stalin, or any other heartless dictator that has ever been on this face of the earth. Attila the Hun, whoever. Now ladies and gentlemen of America, he is not the only one. He is not the only one in the Democrat Party that has come forth and spoke to about the hearings of the unborn babies murdered in the womb, their parts being sold on the market for scientific exploration, whatever. He's not the only one. Have a listen to this communist Democrat representative from Hawaii. Have a listen to what he has to say.
2: Is an unborn baby with a human heart and a human liver a human being? Well, I don't want to
3: talk about that. If it's not a human being, then what species is it? Is, it a, is it a human being or? i
2: I'm, I'm I just came out of the Armed Services Committee. If you want to talk about the cyber threats that we have, I'd love to talk about that. Other than that, well, what is your stance on Planned Parenthood? I see that? I just came out of a hearing
1: on Armed okay. Services. So I'd love to talk about. Okay, the cyber so have threat. a good
0: day. Question to the representative from the Democrat Party, the party of murder in the womb. Question. Is an unborn baby with human heart a human being? Representative Taki from Hawaii says, I don't want to talk about that. When asked whether an unborn baby was a, with a human heart and a human liver is a human being, Representative Mark Tacky, Democrat from Hawaii, said, he did not want to talk about that. He also declined to say what species an unborn baby is ladies and gentlemen of America, moms and dads, all you parents out there, all you grandmothers and grandfathers with grandchildren, children of your own that have grown up and produced those grandchildren for you, Americans, you are hearing point blank what the Democrat Party and members of think about unborn human beings in the womb. You are hearing first-hand What these individuals think about human life. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to speak to that. Well, what species is it? If it's not a baby. I don't want to talk about that. If you want to talk about military and and, uh, talk about uh, the committee I'm on, I'll talk about that, but I don't want to talk about it. Please, I don't want to talk about it. Please. Why don't they want to talk about it? Because they know they're morally corrupt. They know they belong to a party that advocates and passes bills and stands by Roe v. Wade the murder of unborn babies in a womb every day, thousands every day. Murdered at the butcher shops called Planned Parenthood. Hillary Clinton stands by it. Obama stands by it. The Republican leadership stands by because they won't even have they don't even have enough balls or spine to pass or deny the funds for planned parenthood. They go ahead and pass it in a CR so they won't have to shut down our precious damn government. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, there comes a time in Americans' lives here in our precious country when we have to look at our children and understand they are the future of this country. Why are we murdering them by the millions? Because I guess today human life doesn't mean a hill of beans to the majority of Americans because it damn sure isn't resonating with them. You damn sure don't see thousands upon thousands of American citizens standing up there with those small crowds of people who are pro-life, demanding that Planned Planned uh, Parenthood be shut down and defunded of their taxpayer money because they're killing human beings. You just don't see it! I dare say, I dare say, if there was a Organization that was putting dogs and cats under gas in the night to abort baby cats and dogs, you would have thousands of people out there protesting that. Thousands of them! You know, ladies and gentlemen, it's sad. It's sad commentary. Our country's in bad shape we have citizens you probably they walk by you every day they work with you every, they don't give a damn about human beings in the womb they could care less and what's really sad females who God put on this earth to nurture and help keep the human race going and bring and raise those small little humans up to god-fearing moral right human beings the majority of them today don't give a damn listen to this
2: planned parenthood said that it aborted more than three hundred twenty-seven thousand babies in a year i just was wondering are you will you vote for a cr that permits funding for planned parenthood i absolutely i will vote against anything that seeks to be funded
3: is an unborn baby with a human heart and a human liver a human being? I will vote against anything that you If it's not a, if it's not a
0: human being, what species is it? I'm sorry. I came to a right to choose and That was Representative Nikki Sasongas, T S O N G A S, from the People's Republic of Massachusetts, a Democrat communist. And she said on Wednesday that she will vote against any effort to defund Planned Parenthood and avoided saying whether an unborn baby with a human heart and a human liver is a human being. She was asked point blank. Planned Parenthood said that it aborted more than 327,000 babies in one year. I was just wondering... Will you vote for a CR continuing, continuing resolution that permits funding for Planned Parenthood? She said, I absolutely will vote against anything that seeks to defund Planned Parenthood. Reverend uh, Representative Tsaka said, I deeply respect a woman's right to choose and make decisions for her family and doctor as to what appropriate, what is appropriate for her and her family. Well, if you're aborting them left and right, you don't have a family, do you? There's this another example, a prime example, of where the Communist Democrat Party, the party of murder and death in the womb, the party of perversion, is coming from. She sounded like a freaking robot. She was spouting the Communist Democrat Party line on abortion and the CR that was going to be voted on and passed by the Republicans. Three examples, ladies and gentlemen. Three examples of the party, the Democrat party, the party of death. They sound more like robots. Canned statements that I'm sure were sent to their offices and staffs via email, talking points directly from the Democrat National uh, Committee leadership Would I be amiss if I went ahead and called them heathens? You know, patriots, those of you who still stand to the right or with the right, the right to life, pro-life, those of you who recognize that human life is a creation of God, the Father, those of you who still believe in the teachings and word of the Bible, we have to continue to stand together. We have to continue to flood the internet with the word of God and stand with Him. The Democrat Party, its members, its followers, and those who dutifully go to the polls and elect or re-elect Democrats into Congress or at any level of government, they have blood on their hands. And Republicans as well, who continue to elect and support those Republicans that will not stand for the sanctity of life. They all have blood of over 50 million unborn American citizens. Babies murdered in the womb. They all have blood on their hands. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show Friday Edition. Anything goes? And we're broadcasting on the GAL Network all the way from South Texas, USA. We'll be back after the Phyllis Schlafly Report. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast
2: from Eagle Forum dedicated to keeping you informed and helping win the battle against forces that would deny freedom of religion, redefine the family, and mock traditional values.
4: Now, here's author and founder of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly.
1: Donald Trump's unorthodox campaign has performed a public service by shining the national spotlight on the problem of sanctuary cities which shelter illegal aliens from deportation. The tragedy of Kate Steinle, who died in the arms of her father after being shot by an illegal alien, is especially tragic because her death was preventable. Yet officials have defiantly defended their sanctuary policies. It was not only the city and county of San Francisco that released the seven-times-convicted, five-times-deported Mexican who killed Kate Steinle. Obama's Immigration and Customs Enforcement Let him go free, too. ICE has released many thousands of criminal aliens into unsuspecting local communities instead of returning them to their countries of origin. In fact, 121 of these released criminal aliens were subsequently charged with murdering Americans in the last five years. According to government figures, more than 8,000 deportable aliens, including 3,000 felons, were released by sanctuary cities and counties in the first eight months of last year. Some 1,900 of these wrongly released aliens have already reoffended 4,000 more times, racking up almost 8,000 new charges, including murder, violent assault, rape, and child rape. The first sanctuary policy was officially adopted more than 30 years ago by Los Angeles notorious police chief Daryl Gates. Since then, about 300 cities and counties have adopted one or more sanctuary policies. Bills to stop local sanctuary policies were introduced in Congress and state legislatures, but they all wilted under pressure from amnesty advocates, including businesses wanting cheap foreign labor. Nothing will change unless the restrictions against sanctuary cities are included in a must-pass appropriations bill.
2: For up-to-date information on why amnesty and guest worker plans are mistakes and on how illegal immigration makes U.S. taxpayers pay heavy additional costs for schools, hospitals, Medicaid, prisons, and all social benefits, write Eagle Forum Radio, Alton, Illinois, 62002. Ask for Immigration Facts or visit our website, EagleForum.org. That's EagleForum.org. Then join us daily for more on the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Radio. for our freedom the globe. Broadcasting the truth
3: Every day nearly 4,000 unborn children are denied life and love. National right to life is working to change that. For more than 30 years, National Right to Life has worked through education and legislation to make sure that every child is given the opportunity to share their love, their gifts, and their talents with the world. Our work now is more critical than ever. Respect for Life is being attacked on all fronts and at all stages, from the tiniest unborn child, to the medically dependent and disabled, to our elderly citizens. It is the support of our members, pro-life men and women from across the country, that helps to advance our cause. Join with National Right to Life and countless other pro-life men and women and make a unified stand for life. This has been a Perspective on Life from National Right to Life. For more information, visit our website, www.nrlc.org. That's nrlc.org.
2: Hi, I'm Jet Williams. Even though I never knew my father, Hank Williams, his legacy taught me the meaning of lending a helping hand. That's why I support the Orphan Foundation of America, OFA is committed to providing education, mentoring, and a workplace readiness for thousands of teens aging out of the foster care system. With the help of OFA's support programs, these young people can go to college and trade school, graduate, and make the leap from foster care to success. To learn how you can help, visit Orphan.org.
0: Now, folks, we know this is Friday and anything goes, so I thought I'd... uh... Cut to the chase on talking political and whatever and kind of just kind of relax a little bit to some music, how about it? That's a beautiful day down here in South Texas. Probably about 94, 95 degrees, blue skies, white puffy clouds. Slight breeze. Kind of thinking back going to the beach. Looking out the studio window, I see a bunch of butterflies flying around. I don't know if it's that time of year they head back south. Talking about monarchs now. Every once in a while, we'll get a trail of them coming through the back of the property here. That it goes for miles. This miles as they come back this way. Heading back to their homeland. South of the border. Like to give a shout out to all my listeners up there on Twitter. I hope you're having a great day. I hope you're succeeding in whatever endeavor you took on today, or endeavors. Oh, Gary Gatehouse! After I finish the show today, I'm gonna. Oh, I don't know. Uh, roll up the sleeves and get out into the garage and start working on my hot rod we got a big car show coming up this coming weekend for the veterans of the area got to make that car all sparkly and shiny and sounding just right don't we you betcha I was just adding up my shows I've done over the years and I'm pretty well north of a thousand five hundred shows. Wow! Gary Gatehouse created headline Communism at the highest levels in our government just the facts just the facts you know ladies and gentlemen I talk about communism a lot don't I and I've got letters emails if you will from individuals that listen to the program and they say Gary Mr. Gatehouse we don't buy into communism anymore it's dead as a matter of fact it really never was quite a threat as you and other people on the right lead it to be And you know I have to laugh when I receive emails like that because I believe most of these people that send me these emails are probably too young to remember what communism was in the Cold War, how much treasure and human life the American people had to fork out in order to protect ourselves and Europe and the rest of the free world from the aggressive communists, the Russians, the Soviets, the USSR. Which, by the way, Mr. Putin was part of. He was a KGB agent, back in those days. But you know, folks, when you start talking about communism, like I've said on many of my shows, a lot of people's eyes roll back in their heads and I can hear the clicks right now as people people are turning off their speakers on their computer or going somewhere else to watch maybe Oprah or somebody like that. They just don't want to hear anything about communism. It's all a bunch of bunk. Our college professors tell us as we went through the four years of college that communism is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with it. You you know folks what's really sad a lot of young folks and a lot of baby boomers have bought into that and they preach it as the gospel every damn day. But I want you to listen to this. This took place back in the 1950s early 1950s and listen to it in its entirety. It reflects on what was going on then. And please listen to what this man says because what he is saying was going on then in our government, in Hollywood, etc. is going on today at a much faster pace. But it seems Americans, they accept it as something that is just out there. It doesn't bother them, it doesn't hurt them. But listen to this. You might change your mind after this. Listen.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, this war in which we're now engaged is not, cannot be a war between America's two great political parties. As I've often said in the past, certainly the millions of loyal Americans have long voted the Democratic love America just as much communism just as much as the average republic. I'm not going to discuss politics tonight. I am going to discuss this war in which we've been engaged for 105 years. A war declared by Karl Marx in 1848, redeclared and brought down to date by Lenin, again redeclared by Stalin, and again redeclared within the last five or six weeks. Keep in mind also, my good friends, that as of tonight, we are not winning this war. Keep in mind that 106 years ago, when this war was declared, you could number the active communists on the fingers of both your hands. Ninety-seven years later, in 1945, you couldn't number them on the fingers of both your hands The number then was 180 million human souls. As of tonight, the 17th day of March 1954, just eight years later, the figure is not 180 million. As of tonight, the figure is 800 million people. 800 million people in communist slavery. My good friends, no brutalitarian force in the history of this world. Christianity in 2,000 years has not been that successful. Let's keep in mind, my good friends, that this is something not far from you, the people in this audience here tonight. Now, let's get down, if we may, to communists, the fellow travelers, the deluded liberal liberals, the eggheads, and some of my good friends in both the Democrat and Republican Party, who can become heroes overnight Why should it be made more difficult? Why should the rules be different in exposing treason and exposing trucker. I would like to tonight, if you don't mind, I would like to give you the names of some of the individuals who have appeared before our one-man committee. And keep in mind, when you talk about a one-man committee, as far as my committee is concerned, we have never, we've never held a single hearing. Senator on the committee. I would like to just pick at random the names of 20, if I may. And let me tell you what happened to those 20. All of them, the time they appeared before our committee, the time they were subpoenaed, let me say, the time they were ordered to appear, they were either working for the government or they were working in defense plants which were handling could work. All of them, after they appeared before the committee, were either fired or suspended. Let's run through the names. W. Powell, Robert Goodwin, Edward Rothschild, Nathaniel Mills, Henry Archdeacon, Donald Morrill, Whitelod Piers- Karski, R. Levine, Alexander Gregory, Theodore Pappas, Victor Bowles, Irving Perez, that name I imagine is familiar, Arthur Owens, Joseph Gebhardt, Emmanuel Fernandez, Gordon Belgrave, Dewey Bashir, Leo Kantrowitz. I just picked those at random, my good friends, to give you an idea of the some of the people who would still be in government tonight, or in defense plans, if the left-wingers had their way, and if they could not have been dug out before the so-called one-man committee. I would like to very briefly from a document, and you try and guess what this is as I read from it, will you? Could you try and guess what this is reading from uh, Page 15. So we must we must take part in any fights between Eisenhower and McCarthy. I'm not quoting this verbatim, I'm paraphrasing it, it's too long to read. We have been derelict in our duty in not having taken part in those fights. Now I quote verbatim, fire any given issue against McCarthy, but we must be careful not to appear to support Eisenhower either. In other words, you get the idea? We must enter the fight. We must damn hell of McCarthy, but be careful, don't praise Ike. In other words, they don't like Ike either. And then then they define the the method, the method of the fight against the committee's digging out communists. They say, refer to it as a struggle against witch-hunting investigations, of the McCarthy-McCarran type of Congressional committee. Defend the victims of McCarthyism. Then in addition, there is the important direct attack upon McCarthy himself. And then they give the three aims, the three aims, one of the three aims of the quote, to elect an anti-McCarthy Congress by defeating every McCarthy-McCarranite candidate, especially singling out for defeat those who are incumbents, block of conscious and determined fighters against McCarthyism, to the very non-partisan they'd say defeat the McCarran type of Democrat, the McCarthy type of Republican, who do you think has said this? September 1953, the main report delivered at the National Conference of the Communist Party of the United States of America. That's the party line. Who set this party line? According to this communist booklet, it's Mr. Andrew Stephen. Well, I would like to tell you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, that there is no Andrew Stephen. There is no Andrew Stephen. And I would like to challenge that communist party, which sets down the line to be followed by all communists throughout the United States. I would like to challenge them to tell us who this conference of the Communist Party, 1953. Of course, they won't do that. I might say the American people would be very, very much surprised, I'm sure, if you knew the identity of Andrew Stevens. There's only one Communist Party. The Communist Party that puts out this pamphlet
0: The left would want you to believe today as back back then that they are the ones who are right and everybody else is wrong. The left would want you to believe as they did then that a person like Joseph McCarthy is nothing but a witch hunt guy who goes out and tries to destroy political characters or people. The left would want you to believe that the the media speaks the truth and people like Joseph McCarthy back then and people like Mark Levine or Gary Gatehouse or Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity or all those people who speak the truth were the ones that should be watched. We're the ones that are the threat to the American people, to the Constitution, to the country from which we were born and raised in. We are the ones that people should be watching or, and looking at with a jaundice eye. But you see, America, a person like Joseph McCarthy went after these individuals. He did not let anybody sway him. He was shot at politically. He was gone after by the media, by Hollywood, by the left, and yes, some on the right, the people of the Republican Party. He didn't let them sway his thoughts, his investigations. And you heard him. He talked about the left left media. Yes, they were left back in the 50s. They were left in the 40s and 30s and 20s. They've always been left. They've always been socialist or, bar, or uh, support communist, whatever. You know, ladies and gentlemen, after what, 60 some years? We have people like myself who still been, that are still around that went through the Cold War. Hell, I fought in the Cold War and the Hot Wars. I was an intelligence officer for 30-plus years doing battle with KGB, whatever. Yeah, I've been around the block a few times and the world itself. And I look out over America today and listen to what younger folks say when they buy into socialism. And they buy it as the gospel, as the truth, and the only way to go. And they throw their America, my beloved America, under the bus. And they listen to the left. And they listen to folks like Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid and Chuckie Schumer and that whole bunch. And they listen to people on the right, well, in the Republican Party, the leadership, like one who's going to leave at the end of the month, Boehner. They've got another one coming up right behind him, Kevin McCarthy. He is just as bad, if worse, than Boehner. Business as usual in America today. But you know, folks, Obama, Valerie Jarrett, both are communists. Both have communist ties Family members all the way back to the communist Frank Marshall Davis, a Obama mentor with an extensive FBI file. He resides in the White House. And the person pulling the strings, Valerie Jarrett, her whole family is communist. Judicial Watch revealed that the dad and maternal grandfather and father-in-law of President Obama's trusted senior advisor Valerie Jarrett were hardcore communists and were under investigation by the United States government. Federal Bureau of Investigation files that were obtained by Judicial Watch reveal that the dad, the maternal grandfather, and the father-in-law of President Obama's trusted senior advisor and puppet master Valerie Jarrett were hardcore communists. Again, under the investigation of the Federal Bureau of the Investigation, Jarrett's dad, a pathologist and geneticist, Dr. James Bowman, had extensive ties to communist associations and individuals. His lengthy FBI file shows this. In 1950, Bowman was in communication with a paid Soviet agent named Alfred Stern who fled to Prague after getting charged with espionage. Bowman was also a member of a communist sympathizing group called the Association of Interns and Medical Students. After his discharge from the Army Medical Corps in 1955, Bowman moved to Iran to work. FBI records show this. They reflect this. Now, according to Bowman's government file, the Association of Interns and Medical Students is an organization that has long been a faithful follower of the Communist Party line and engages in un American activities. Bowman was born in Washington, D.C., and had deep ties to Chicago, the epicenter of communism and progressivism in the United States of America. His ties were with the Chicago area communists, where he often collaborated with fellow communists. Judicial Watch also obtained documents on Bowman from the United States Office of Personnel Management, OPM, if you will, showing the Federal Bureau of Investigation was brought in to investigate him for his membership in a group that follows the Communist Party line. The Jarrett family... Communist ties also include a business partnership between Jarrett's maternal grandfather, Robert Rokan Taylor, and Stern, the Soviet agent associated with her father. Jarrett's father-in-law, Vernon Jarrett, was also another big-time Chicago communist. According to separate FBI files, again obtained by Judicial Watch as part of a probe into the Jarrett family communist ties. For a period of time, Vernon Jarrett appeared on the FBI Security Index and was considered a potential communist saboteur, who was to be arrested in the event of a conflict with then the so- Union of Socialist Soviet Socialist Republics, USSR, the old Soviet Union. His FBI file reveals that he was assigned to write propaganda for a Communist Party front group in Chicago, that would disseminate the Communist Party line among the middle class. It's been well documented, ladies and gentlemen, it's been well documented that Valerie Jarrett, a Chicago lawyer and longtime Obama confidant, is a liberal extremist who wields tremendous power in the White House. Faithful to her roots, she still has connections to many communist and extremist groups. Including the Muslim Brotherhood. Now, Jarrett and her family also had strong ties to Frank Marshall Davis, a big Obama mentor and Communist Party member with an extensive FBI background. Judicial Watch has exposed Valerie Jarrett's many transgressions over the years, including her role in covering up a scandalous gun running operation carried out by the Department of Justice last fall. J.D., Judicial Watch, obtained public records that show Jarrett was a key player in the effort to cover up that Attorney General Eric Holder lied to Congress about the Fast and Furious, a disaster experiment in which the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives allowed guns from the U.S. to be smuggled into Mexico so they could eventually be traced to drug cartels. We know this. But instead, federal law enforcement officers lost track of hundreds of weapons which have been used in an unknown number of crimes, including the murder of a U.S. Border Patrol agent in Arizona. Now, way back in 2008, Judicial Watch got documents linking Valerie Jarrett, who also served as co-chairman of Obama's presidential transition team, to a series of real estate scandals including several house housing projects operated by convicted felon and Obama fundraiser friend Anton Tony Rizecco. According to the document, according to the documents obtained from the Illinois Secretary of State, Valerie Jarrett served as a board member for s- several organizations that provided funding and support for Chicago's slum projects oper- operated by Reseco. Now I ask America, do facts really mean anything today to most Americans? When addressing the issues presented to them, do facts really mean anything? I really don't think so. Most Americans have not a clue on what communism is all about, have no clue, on fur- and furthermore, could care less when presented the facts about Obama, his staff members, the Communist Democrat Party. Most Americans not all just want to be left alone. They do not, do not want to have to take the time to listen to facts and then go to their own analysis on those facts and form an opinion. Most are incapable of doing that they do not know who to form how to form an opinion they let the government via mainstream media propaganda arm the communist democrat party do it for them the majority of americans just don't want to hear anything except what is cool everything is okay please don't tell me things are bad please don't tell me america's in trouble i just don't want to hear that i just want to hear warm and fuzzy messages news That is all America wants to hear. But you know, ladies and gentlemen of America, all you folks, the majority of, who just want to feel warm and fuzzy and let your government do your job for you of making opinions, forming opinions, figuring out what's going on in the country, good and bad, you're letting the government and the mainstream media do it for you? Real soon, real soon, Your attitudes of, I don't give a damn, I don't care, I don't want to hear that, is going to jump up and bite you right square in your liberal, progressive, communist, socialist, Marxist ass. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse radio show, Friday edition, Anything Goes. The clock on the wall says that uh, we're coming up to the hour. And that means a news break. When we come back from the news break, we're going to have our, our, our voice, a exclusive re- report from South Africa on the plight of white Americans in a predominantly black African government and what they are doing to whites over there. The lady that does the report, Ricky Rasmussen, takes a chance every time she provides me with that report. She takes a chance, ladies and gentlemen. She's a patriot of her country. She's a patriot of the world. She is working tirelessly every week to comply and, and, and try to get along with that government. But she's also putting together, compiling all the true information about what's going down in South Africa. And I think it's about time Americans be exposed to this. We've been told off many times that it's not black people in the world that are being demeaned and besmirched and prosecuted and, and persecuted and beat and property stole from them, etc. It's the white people that are doing it. Whether it be in America, whether it be in Europe, whether it be in South Africa. And like I said, this report can only be heard on the Gary Gatehouse radio show every week, usually on Fridays. That's when she smuggles out her 20 to 25-minute report to the Gary Gatehouse staff, so we can put it on the show Friday on our show today that you can hear just what's happening, what's transpiring, things that our media, they don't even want to take the time to report. They don't want to take the time to report to the American people just how bad it is for white folks and other minority groups in South Africa. I guess, you know, if you don't report it and it doesn't get heard, then everything's just okay in South Africa, right? That's not the, uh, that's not the true thing going on in that beautiful country. A country that over the years white folks have build up contributed mass amounts of improvements but yet yet they are being treated like animals being treated like animals in a country they were born in and raised in thank God for people like Ricky Rasmus of South Africa she tells the truth she risked what she has to report the truth to the world via the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. If you would like to get a message to Miss Ricky Rasmus after listening to her shows, you can do that via Gary Gatehouse. And you can get a hold of Gary Gatehouse at the following email address. GaryGatehouse at Hush H U S H dot com. Gary Gatehouse at Hush H U S H dot com. Drop me a line Drop Ricky a line. Let us know what you think about the show, her show, her information, what we talk about every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now, I get many emails from all over the world, all walks of life, and I would say 80% are positive, 20% are negative, 20% they, uh, I don't know, they, they want to call me all na- all kinds of names in the book. I don't care. We are getting the word out. And one last thing before we break for the news. I want everybody that listens to my show to know this, if you don't already know it. The Gary Gatehouse is a strong advocate and supporter of pro-life. I support life in the womb remains there until it's born and raised by a family of a man and woman. Not same-sex marriage. They don't produce anything. They can't. God didn't give them the right packages to do it. With each other, of course. You know, ladies and gentlemen, right to life, we've got to support those poor babies in the womb. They have no people standing up for them in government. They've been thrown under the bus. We'll be back after the Fox 5-Minute News.
1: You are listening to the Gary Gatehouse radio show. Gary will be back after the Fox 5 Minute News break. Baby, you can drive my car. And baby, I love you. Fox News Radio 1, Bill Bittger. This is going to be
4: the Snyder Hall. The, somebody is outside one of the
3: doors shooting through the door.
4: That is how it started. It ended with 10 people dead on a college campus in Roseburg, Oregon. A heavily armed man going from classroom to classroom killing as he went. Survivors ran for their lives or barricaded themselves in.
1: We went
2: ahead and got the lights turned out, had us all leave our desks and uh, get to either side of the door to the areas where, where you couldn't be seen. A couple of our uh, cl- my classmates went through and grabbed some of the tables, stood them on in to a uh, cover the window and the door.
4: The shooter, identified as Chris Mercer, was finally cornered by police.
2: They located the shooter in one of the buildings. Officers engaged that suspect. There was an exchange of gunfire. The shooter threat was neutralized. Douglas
4: County Sheriff John Hanlon. Although the motive is unknown, one survivor says the gunman demanded that victims state their religion before he started shooting. Seven other people were wounded at Umqua College. After the attack, a visibly angry President Obama said grieving is not enough. He wants Americans to weigh the stand taken by the representatives in Congress on gun control.
2: We've become numb to this. We talked about this after Columbine and Blacksburg, after Tucson, uh, after Newtown, after Aurora, after Charleston.
4: Oregon is one of seven states that allow concealed weapons on campus. Hurricane Joaquin is still barreling through the Atlantic. Still a flood threat, but the east coast may dodge a direct hit.
2: We were very confused on what was going to happen. A little more guidance, everything trending toward the east. Very good news for a potential direct landfall across the U.S. Cannot rule it out just yet, but things are looking better.
4: Fox meteorologist Rick Reichmuth. Hard rain, especially for states already flooded, still in the forecast. You're listening to Fox News Radio, Fair and Balanced. Unexpected Reactions to Smart Financial Decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org.
3: Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month, and soon enough, it was gone. So you're just giving up. Giving up on what?
4: right now. Listen, if winning the lottery were easy, everyone would do it.
2: When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council
4: bombs away from more than 50 Russian warplanes over Syria. Confusion reigned over the scope of President Putin's latest gamble. Russia says its planes conducted more than 20 sorties and hit four ISIS targets, but the Pentagon reported an entirely different result, saying there's no evidence Russian planes hit any ISIS targets. Reports from inside Syria suggest civilians were hit in some of the Russian attacks. Putin denied it.
0: I would like to direct your attention to the fact that first information that there were casualties among civilians were published before our planes took off.
4: Russian planes reportedly also targeted the Nusra Front, an Al-Qaeda-aligned rebel group, as well as a camp of U.S.-backed rebels. Fox's Doug McKelway. Back in court, the man accused of at least four of the Phoenix freeway shootings. When Leslie Allen Mayer Jr. was first arrested for some of the I-10 freeway shootings, he told the judge they had the wrong guy. He maintained his innocence, pleading not guilty in court. Ulysses Farragut is one of his attorneys. This is early on. There's a lot of information, a lot of investigation that needs to take place here but you know our investigation indicates that DPS is trying to put a, uh, a square peg in a round hole. Their theory keeps shifting.
3: Merritt told the judge
4: that his gun was in the pawn shop this whole time. Arizona Department of Public Safety officials say it was not. Merritt was arrested for four incidents. There were seven others involving bullets or projectiles hitting cars in late August and early September. Fox Radio's Jessica Rosenthal. The cause of the crippling disease ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease may be an ancient virus. The virus is a permanent part of the human DNA and has been for millions of years. Usually the virus is dormant. It just sits there doing nothing. What's not clear is why the virus wakes up. Chemicals such as formaldehyde can raise the risk of ALS and so can physical trauma. Because it is a retrovirus, there are similarities to some patients with HIV. And when the ALS virus is treated with anti-HIV drugs, people get better. Bill Fitka, Fox News Radio.
1: You are listening to the Gary
0: Gatehouse Radio Show. That's right, darling. You're listening to the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show on freedominamerica.us, freedominamericaradio.com, Restoration Radio International, UK out of London, England, and the GAL Network from South Texas. You know, folks. Being it's Friday and everybody's gearing up for the weekend, how about a how about a little music to get you in the mood? How about? It? Here we go. Yeah, treat your children right. Treat them well. That includes the unborn as well. You who
2: are on the road must have a code that you can live by.
5: And so, become yourself Because the past
4: is just a goodbye Teach your children well Their father's help did slowly go by And feed them on your dreams
1: the one they picked.
0: Just what are your dreams the today, you America? Know, a better place for your kids? Don't a better place know, for all America? Or is it going Jesus to be we'll a conglomeration so of heathens, side. morally bankrupt, I don't give a damn people, just running around bumping into each other, pointing the finger at each other, hating each other, kind of like what it is right now, isn't it? You know there are certain factions in this country that just can't identify themselves with the truth and when the truth comes out they hate it. They deem it as hate speech, whatever. They use that to cover their tracks of their debauchery, their heathenism, their downright rejection of human life and human beings and stand with those who stand with abortion as the gospel of the left for which it is and is preached
1: every day
0: here in America. you ever
3: ask them why? If they told you, you would cry. So just look at them
1: and sigh.
0: A lot of truth in that song and the lyrics of that song. You know, ladies and gentlemen, if you pay attention and listen to it closely, the most precious commodity in the world is our children. The most precious commodity in the United States of America is our children. And future generations, we will never, ever have the opportunity to look at, to speak to, to talk with, We'll be long gone. What are they going to write about us? What are they going to write about American parents today? Are they going to go along with all this abortion and murder in the womb as they do today? Or are they going to look back at us and say, those people were worse than animals. How could they ever do it to a human being? How could they ever rip it apart and sell its body parts to some laboratory to conduct experiments on? What kind of people were they? You know, it's not just future generations that's going to be asking that question. All you folks that still believe in Christianity, still believe in the Bible, still believe there will be a day coming where we are going to all have to attest to what we did here on earth. That day, we don't know when it's going to be. It could be eons from now. I remember when I was a kid. I asked a priest one day. Yeah, I went to parochial school. And his name was Father Kramer. Father Kramer was his name, He was just a parish priest. And I look back, he was he was a young guy, he's probably in his Oh, I don't know, mid to late 30s, somewhere around there. And I was a a kid in the 7th grade. And we was having a discussion on theology, not just Catholicism, about Christianity. And what the Bible taught us. What Jesus Christ preached to the masses. What God passed along to us through the Bible. And for some reason I said, Father Kramer... Could you please tell me what eternity means? I have no idea what eternity means. Can you tell me that, what it means? And he thought for a moment. And he looked at me and the rest of the class and he says, Eternity? Nobody can really understand what eternity is. We just come up with the answer. It's forever. There is no time frame to tack to it. It's forever. But let me give you a little idea. If you want to attack attack a time frame to the word eternity, maybe this will help. As you kids know, I hope you do anyway. You study your geography. Mount Everest is the tallest mountain in the world. Consider this. A little sparrow flies by the tip of Mount Everest every million years. And its wing brushes against the tip of that mountain. Every million years, mind you. And over the eons, over the millions and billions of years, with that sparrow flying by, or its, it's uh, uh, people, uh, sparrows that come after it, fly by and brush its wing against the Mount Everest, tallest mountain in the world, Eventually, it's worn down level with the, with the ground. Mount Everest is worn away, and it has taken millions and millions and billions of years because that sparrow flew by and brushed its wing against Mount Everest. And there we stand at it today, and we see it in our mind's eye. There's nothing left of Mount Everest it's worn down completely like it was never there. He says when that day comes after all those billions of years of that sparrow flying by whisking its wing against Mount Everest and eventually wearing it down to what we see it in our mind's eye today nothing it's gone eternity will just be starting. That stuck with me for all these years. And I had to say to myself as I do today, my God, there's got to be a God. How can there not be a God? How can there not be an all-loving God? It says in the Bible that He created us to His image and likeness. We are as much a part of God as He is of us. He created us individually. Yet, most Americans consider themselves gods. The people who work in Planned Parenthood are the creators and the destroyers. They are gods. They rip the creation of God out of the womb and destroy it, rip it apart, and sell the body parts to the highest bidder. God's creation. Those people in those Planned Parenthood butcher shops did not create that baby. It was created by God. It was created in His image and likeness. It was created as His love, as a showing of His love for us. It was created through the mother and father, the propagation, the the union of a male and a female, with the packages that God gave them to. Keep the human race moving forward. But there are people in this country that says that is all bunk. That is all BS. We are the gods. We have the right to say who lives and who dies. But it first starts with a woman carrying the baby in her womb. She has to make a conscious decision. She has to make a decision. Probably with input from others around her. Maybe her husband, her boyfriend. Whatever. Yeah, we've got to get rid of that. It's cutting in on our party time. It's cutting in on our abilities to further our careers. I don't want that damn thing right now. It ties me down. I want to be free. After all, it's just a parasite in my womb. It's just a hunk of meat. Those people tell me that. They can get rid of it in a few minutes. And all I have to do is lay down the money, climb up on the table, and they will do the rest for me. And off to Planned Parenthood in the butcher shops they go. And Planned Parenthood sits down and counsels them and says, You betcha. We'll get that thing out of your gut as soon as possible. We know you have a career. And we know this is getting in your way. We know that that thing in there is nothing more than a hunk of meat. That's all it is. We'll take care of it for you. Show us the money. So off to the abortion clinic operating room she goes. Lays down and the abortion folks, the butchers, practice their trade. They rip that woman open They go in and rip that baby that's in there in that baby's mother's womb, whether it be six weeks old or eight and a half months old. And they rip it apart. They use chemicals. They use forceps. They use scissors. They use whatever they can to rip that damn thing, that parasite out of her womb. And they throw it in a Petri dish. They throw it in a a dish. And they start talking about, well, we can save this arm, we can use this liver, oh, this brain, that'll bring a lot of money. I'm going to party this weekend. We got us a good one here. And all alone, the mother's getting cleaned up, getting her clothes back on, and out, out the door she goes. She just got rid of that piece of crap that was in her stomach. Nothing to do with stuff like that. Not right now. Maybe someday where down the road I might try it again. And if I don't like it, I'll get rid of it again. Sounds pretty gruesome, don't it? That human beings would even think that way. Many do. The people in these butcher clinics that are called Planned Parenthood, that's their job they're being paid by Planned Parenthood to murder babies in the womb, rip them apart, save all, salvage all they can, because that's gravy, you see. That makes more money for the Planned Parenthood, folks. I can go out and buy my big car, or my house, or my boat, because we harvested so many arms and legs and so many brains and livers that we have, got, we have an overabundance of money. My God, this is great. America's great, isn't it? That the government and the Supreme Court would give us the right to murder people in the womb and not to have her have to suffer any consequences whatsoever. And we get to sell those dead babies and make money and supply us with more money to buy everything and all the stuff we want. And the left says, Amen, sister and brother preaching from the gospel of perversion and in-the-womb murder. Just another chapter, chapter, another plank of the Communist Democrat Party. Another chapter in the leadership of the Republican Party. You know, ladies and gentlemen of America, this is a message sponsored by Gary Gatehouse and the Gary Gatehouse Radio Show. A pro-life individual. An individual that stands and supports all people. That stand and support life in the womb. Life after the womb. Free to speak out. For how much longer? I don't know. Because you see in Washington, D.C. behind closed doors. They are working tirelessly to shut down people like me. They are trying everything they can to shut down people who speak out against murder of unborn American citizens in the womb. I solicit all of you pro-life people out there that listen to my show. I ask for your support. I do all my shows out of my own pocket, my own time, my own research because I do it for the love of my country. I do it for the love of my fellow human beings, those alive, those that are dead, and those that are about to be born. I do it for you. I do it for me, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren that I have none right now. I hope I'm around long enough to see some. I ask for your support to get the word out about my show. I'm all in with the pro-life movement, I have always been. As long as I can remember, my family brought me up to respect human life. My family brought me up to respect my fellow human being, my fellow American, male and female, black, white, green, yellow. And I'm here today to say that my show is devoted to telling the truth, shining the light of truth on those individuals that would want to destroy my country, want to per- to pervert it to the same level as Nazism did during the persecution and the destruction of millions of Jews in the chambers. The same they want my country to be the same. Mindset as Hitler was and all his, oh, his minions where only certain lives mattered and the rest why just kill them and dump them. Just exactly like we are doing today. This is Gary Gatehouse and we'll be back after our voice the report from South Africa from Ricky Rasmus.
5: Hi there, and welcome to Gary Gatehouse Show. And thank you for listening to me, Ricky, with our voice. I am trying to get you to understand what the South Africans have to live with on a daily basis. And yes, having read the news, reading social media, it is obvious that the world all over there is a serious problem. And um, I think it's a good thing that we listen and take cognizance of what is going on in other countries that the situation in South Africa is so uncalled for and it is really a disgrace and it's not because of lack of competent people or lack of resources or lack of money, it is pure and simple corruption mismanagement, failure to properly govern the country, all state owned companies and government um, offices are really in a bad state. The latest news on this is the Department of Home Affairs published a report to the effect that they've arrested 26 of their own officials for corruption and fraud since July of 2015. Now, the crimes that these people have been arrested for is the issuing of fake identity documents and attempts to solicit bribes from applicants at local offices. The department says the arrests form part of its new campaign Operation Visa Messina, which means to throw out the rock. Minister Melissi Kigaba says his office has been inundated with allegations of corruption and fraud by the officials and they hope to reach a stage when all applications are processed on time and through the correct channels and which will prevent corruption and officers from soliciting bribes. Now I have sympathy with the minister but I'm afraid they will not stop Corruption by arresting 26 officers if they do not have proper management. If you do not have people properly qualified with moral values, then you will just they will just employ new people who are prone to corruption and the same situation just happens all over again. Another problem. In another state-owned company, the uh, state-owned defense manufacturer, Danal, on Wednesday placed three senior executives on special leave pending an investigation. The board of Danal placed the CEO, Ria Saluji, the chief financial officer, Fikile Mklondlu, and the group company secretary on special leave. They will be on leave while the Danal board investigates a variety of issues, including Including recent business acquisitions made by the state owned entity. Now, Donnell is the largest manufacturer of defense equipment in South Africa and operates in the military aerospace and landward. Defence environment. That Denel had acquired Land Systems South Africa from BAE Systems. With BAE yesterday announcing the sale of its 75% stake in LSSA. See Denel took over the majority ownership stake for 641 million cash. Although the complete acquisition cost now 855 million. As it also bought the remaining 25% stake from BAE Systems partner DGD Technology technologies. Now if one listen to these amounts that is spent by now, and you hear that three of their senior people has been suspended because of an investigation in the financial management of the company, then you can think of the major problems experienced due to corruption in the state. titles. As a result of the high corruption, former Cassata General Secretary Swell and Zima Barbie arranged a mass march and stay away next week Wednesday. But apparently this March is now a planned March and it's a legal March. I do not have a problem with the March because I do believe that something must be done about the corruption but I just hope that it will have the desired effect that the citizens of South Africa are fed up and cannot continue accepting the state of corruption. Barfi said that they are mobilizing the workers, they notified the workers that they have to make a sacrifice of one day's salary in order to support the biggest struggle to save future of South Africa. He said that if they do not tackle the crisis of corruption, which is so directly linked to three other challenges of poverty, unemployment and inequality which South Africa is facing, this country will lose its direction and will be stolen by the most powerful in the political circles who have no interest whatsoever on the ordinary interests of our people. Bobby says he's quite happy with the response that he get from various role players and that they have unbelievable numbers of endorsements for this march. said they have established the biggest coalition seen in this country and last seen in the country in the days of the United Democratic Front. They are adamant to occupy the city of Pretoria and Cape Town. They will insist that government comply with their responsibility to stop corruption in the private sector, stopping government from corruption. This is the beginning of a people's movement across races, classes and other divisions. The crisis of corruption must be rooted out of South Africa. He said that South Africans must understand that they are not a hopeless, helpless crowd and that they can do something about the current state of affairs. Barwe further said that a few politically connected hyenas were stealing a bright future from the rest of the South African populace and let's reclaim our power from those who are actively destroying the future of our children. The marches to be led by civic society would start a direct engagement with government on pertinent issues, including the protection of whistleblowers and respect for the office of the public protector, which was facing frontal attacks. Now, we have an excellent public protector, Ms. Tuliman Marenzella, who really does a stellar job, but that does not help us at all because every investigation that she has done so far and where she found blame in the government, even with our President Jacob Zuma, they just ignored her reports or obtained other reports that exonerated them from blame and one can't understand why there is still an Office of the Public Protector when she is supposed to do investigation to protect the public from the government. Now I'm glad that Barvey also mentioned this problem and I do hope that it will lead to government having respect for the Office of the Public Protector. This march is also supported by Transparency International and it's partly in South Africa corruption watch. They will join the thousands to demand the government to take immediate steps to stop the corruption that's blighting the lives of all citizens. Rampant corruption is damaging the future of all South Africans, particularly the poorest of poor. It compromises health care and education. It threatens security and diminishes basic human rights. We should not have to live in a world where the police demand bribes or where corrupt administrators and their cronies manipulate business to enrich themselves and impoverish the citizens, said Jose Hugo's Chair of Transparency International. Public outrage at rampant corruption and the impunity enjoyed by those protected by political connections and wealth is intensifying. Those who practice or condone corruption are well advised to examine the dire consequences of doing so. This is what the South African public will attempt to with this march. We are exercising our democratic right to tell those in authority that we have had enough," said David Lewis, Executive Director of Corruption Watch. Transparency International and Corruption Watch are calling on the government and private sector for specific actions which include introducing laws to curb corruption in political party funding. Currently in South Africa, uh, we know that the ANC is, for instance, funded by the Guptas, close allies of President Jacob Zuma, and it's definitely a corrupt uh, relationship. But political parties does not have to reveal who fund them and what type of funding they get from these people. So that opened the door for corruption, because if you fund a political party, and more specifically the ANC who is governing the country, then you can think that you would be able to just clap your fingers and you will get whatever you want to get. And that maybe explains why the Guptas was allowed to land their private jet at the Vatakluv Air Force Base with family members of the Guptas attending a wedding at Sun City. None of the normal security protocol were were followed and even though all fingers pointed to President Jacob Zuma having authorized this landing, nothing happened. And the only people that were blamed were the uh, officials working at the Air Force Base and who only did what they were required to do they only complied with the orders that they were given. Another action that Corruption Watch and Transparency International require is lifestyle audits of senior public servants which is also a good thing. Strengthening whistleblower protection laws. Apparently there's already less whistleblowers in South Africa due to the consequences of whistleblowing. A fourth step is strengthening the anti-corruption institutions including the office of the public protector and the auditor general and implementing their findings and as I said currently their findings are not implemented more involvement of the public and civil society in the appointment of the commissioner and the deputy commissioners of police as well as the national director of public prosecutions mandating public registries of the real owners of any company that bids for a public contract to ensure there is no conflict of interest or cronyism in public procurement committing to sign the extractive industries transparency initiative issued by transparency international now this all sounds very good and i am all for this march and for what they want to achieve and i really hope that they will be able to achieve some of these um, actions. Another incident of corruption and or mismanagement is currently or it's not currently it's been ongoing in the um, South African Broadcasting Commission. The the Democratic Alliance said it wants the Communications Minister Faith Mutambi said to roll over Shlahudi Motswaneng's controversial pay raise. Now even though the African National Congress condemned the salary increase of 912,000 Rand increase to 3.7 million Rand of the CEO of the um, SABC. They have not really done anything to stop this. Now, this $3.7 salary is even more than what the state president, President Jacob Zuma, earned. Mr. Shlahuri Motswaning was already investigated by the uh, public protector, and she condemned two previous salary increases that he gave himself. But the minister didn't concern themselves with the report of the public protector and allowing the CRO to again increase his salary with this enormous amount of money. Minister Mutambi publicly disagreed with the ANC's discussion document that states that there is a leadership crisis at the SABC. Mutambi pressurized the SABC board to recommend Mutsuneng for the position of COO in defiance of the Public Protector's Report, which found that Mutsuneng had unlawfully increased his salary three times within one year. It was also the minister who saw to it that the SABC board members who voted against Motswaneng's appointment were unlawfully removed from office. So if the ANC is serious about dealing with Motswaneng it will put pressure on the president to remove Mutambi from the cabinet. Mutambi's removal would send out the clearest signal that the ANC has finally lost patience with the never-ending shenanigans at the SABC. The jury on top is that uh, Mr Motswaneng does not uh, believe his salary is too high. He says there's nothing wrong with a black man earning a big salary. And he says everything is fine with the SABC. But that is not true. Cloudy himself seems to think that even though he is incapable of doing his job effectively, as is evident from the SABC's sterile performance, he deserves a million rand a year more. He said that anyone who is able to generate revenue for the SABC should be rewarded accordingly, even if those people are cleaners. His salary has increased more than tenfold in the last five years, shooting up from just under four hundred thousand per annum to three point seven million annually. Now, if the SABC was a well-managed company and doing financially well, one could have maybe given a blind eye to this. But the SABC ran at a loss of over 365 million. Any businessman would tell you that that is just ludicrous and unacceptable. When one looks at this corruption and mismanagement, one has to consider the following. And you will think that this cannot be true. But yes, as they say. Um, fact are stranger than fiction. I have said so many times that if you have a business then you want the best people employed in that business. Can you imagine working for a company that has a little more than 500 employees with the following statistics? 29 have been accused of spousal abuse. 7 have been arrested for fraud. 19 have been accused of writing bad checks. 117 have directly or indirectly bankrupted at least two businesses. 3 have done time for assault. 71 cannot get a credit card due to a bad credit record. 14 have been arrested on drug-related charges. 8 have been arrested for shoplifting. 21 are currently defendants in lawsuits 84 have been arrested for drunk driving in the last year that is 373 and approximately 70 percent of the employees and can you guess which organization this is it is the 535 members of the south african parliament and then you must remember Our president, Jacob Zuma, is one of the persons who has a number of cases pending against him and being investigated against him. And he has up-to-date supported all of them. Even the investigation by the public protector, which found that he must pay back some of the money spent on his Nkundla homestead, he managed to ignore. Now I have now mentioned all the negative issues, but I believe I also have to mention positive aspects. The President has signed the Maintenance Amendment Act 9 of 2015 in September. Some of the important provisions of this Maintenance Act is that it makes provision for interim orders. You know, we sat with the situation where parents who apply for maintenance have to wait for months before the non-custodial parent is uh, brought to court or before there is a formal inquiry. And for all those months, they they have to sit and maintain their children on their own without any assistance from the other parent. Uh, But now, at last, that is now part of the new Maintenance Act. The Maintenance Courts can also now make orders by default, which is also a very good thing. They can also make cost orders, which is another very good thing. But then, one of the most important aspects of this new Act is the reporting of maintenance defaulters to any credit provider. One sat with the situation where fathers or mothers who have to pay maintenance do not pay their maintenance, but then you will find that they live a life of luxury. They have new cars, they have holiday homes, they go on holiday, they have credit cards, they spend, they socialise and do not skimp on themselves, but they fail to pay maintenance. Reporting them to service providers, putting them, blacklist them on ITC, Is a very good thing because at last they will not be able to make more dates. Um, while they are not paying their maintenance. Some people say this act is just window dressing. Now we know the previous act also had very good measures to uh, ensure that people pay maintenance but one sits with a problem that the implementation of the act is not properly done again because of incompetent people, because of maintenance officers not doing proper investigations and because of the understaffing of the maintenance courts. If you do not have staff to do the work and if you do not have competent people with the correct qualifications, then you can have the best law. It will not help you. Another major problem Is the issue with education Now for freedom, fairness And opportunity to prevail in South Africa A good education system is non-negotiable Now for you who are known With the uh, apartheid system in South Africa You would know that the blacks blamed The white government of failing to give the blacks proper education Now I believe that that was simply not true But now they experience a lack of education at the hand of their black brothers. The major problem in South Africa is the South African Democratic Teachers Union According to the Department of Basic Education, half of children in South Africa cannot read by the end of Grade 3. The crisis is one of the main drivers of inequality and suffering in South Africa. Children are not being given the literacy and numeracy skills they need to be able to break out of the poverty trap and access opportunities. Long term economic growth The crisis in our education system is not about budget constraints. South Africa spends four times as much as Kenya does on each primary school student, and yet Kenya outperforms us in both literacy and numeracy. This small standard of education in South Africa is largely due to political interference. It is necessary that our education system be designed and run by education experts for whom our children's interests are the top priority. Instead, it has been commandeered by the SATU, Section 29 of our Constitution guarantees the right of every child to a basic education and it must be read together with Section 28.2 that states that a child's best interests are paramount. Now the Department of Basic Education's shambolic last-minute postponement of the ANAS this month proves conclusively that these rights are being violated by the South African Democratic Teachers Union. The Minister of Basic Education, Angie Motshekga, admitted this week that Sattu is purely politically motivated. That is really ironic as um, the ANC needs the 245,000 members of SATU for the elections and that is why they do not bring them to and it is unacceptable that the whims of 245 teachers have been given priority over the needs of 12 million school children. SATU has dramatically lowered both the quality and quantity of education provided to the children of South Africa. They have blocked measures to hold teachers accountable for poor performance. They have achieved this by preventing the implementation of teacher performance assessments that are linked directly To results. This matter has been before the Education Labor Relations Council for more than four years, and all parties except SATU have signed to indicate their agreement to these assessments. SATU has opposed competency tests for principles. These competency tests were first mooted by Minister Meshecha in 2011 already. Satu immediately rejected these suggestions and denying that any of their principles were underperforming. Satri even demanded the resignation of the Minister and the Director General and they choose critical times in the education calendar such as exam periods to push for their demands. They know full well that this will increase the pressure on the uh, Department of Basic Education to accede to their demands. An example of this is the unlawful strikes and incidents of intimidation that took place during the 2014 matric preliminary exams. Satu members not teaching were then used to campaign for the ANC for the national election that year and Satu is widely alleged to be interfering in the management of the education system. It appears that Satu has been allowed to exercise disproportionate and undue influence in a corrupt manner and on a massive scale. Nowhere is it clearer than the much-publicized Satu Jobs for Cash scandal. An investigation into this scandal, instituted by the Minister of Basic Education, Angie M'shekha, and headed by Professor John Fullmunk, probed allegations that Satu officials in KwaZulu-Natal had insisted that the department reduce the educational requirements for teaching posts from degrees to diplomas, and that Satu essentially runs the KwaZulu-Natal Natal Department of Education, dictating who gets what jobs. Also at issue are widespread rumours of the exchange of cash for posts. The 2000 Rand appears to be the going rate for a principal's post. The South African Democratic Teachers' Union actively contributes to the massive inequalities within the education system. The union is, sadly, predominantly active in poorer schools. It is in these less affluent schools that the worst academic performances are recorded. SATU is heaping additional disadvantage on South Africa's poorest children of achieving their potential or being able to assess opportunities of education our children receive. Democratic Allowance when on Wednesday lodged a complaint against Sattu with the South African Human Rights Commission, they have requested that the Human Rights Commission produce a full report on the extent to which Sattu is responsible for the violation of learners' rights. Now I do believe if you've listened to this, if you took in what I've said about the education system in South Africa, then it is perfectly clear why we sit with a situation where incompetent people who do not have the necessary qualifications or experience or basic education is employed in positions where they should not be employed. And the ANC does not have regard for the children of South Africa. Thank you people. And I will appreciate if you would um, send me an email to admin at weboso.org and um, you can ask questions or you can ask me to address you on a specific Issue about
0: South Africa. Good night. Thank you, Ricky. What a brave woman. And you can hear Ricky Rasmussen's Our Voice each week on the Gary Gatehouse radio show. We'll be right back after a few short messages.
3: You are listening to the sound of the heartbeat of an unborn baby just 28 days after conception. Every day, more than 3,000 abortions are performed in this country, and each abortion stops the heartbeat of a living unborn baby. Since 1973, the annual number of abortions has gone from approximately 750,000 a year to just under 1.3 million. Abortion isn't rare or safe, only legal. Legalized abortion on demand has taken the lives of more than 50 million unborn children and left those women who have had abortions more vulnerable to physical, mental, and emotional complications. We at National Right to Life are working to break this cycle. We are working for the day when both mother and child will be welcomed, loved, and protected. Won't you help us? This has been a Perspective on Life from National Right to Life. For more information, visit our website, nrlc.org. I have PTSD.
4: Once I was back from Iraq, I was distant from everybody in my family. We had a reunion of our unit, and you'd hear these spouses say, Is your husband doing that? My husband's doing that too. I thought it was just us, and really understanding that, hey, this is a common experience. I learned more to
0: listen to what he was saying, and that made it easier for me to understand where his pain was coming from.
4: Warriors should know that resources are available. Learn more at realwarriors.net. If you break my heart, I'll go, but I'll be back again, cause I told you once before goodbye, but I came
2: back
0: again. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Way back during John F. Kennedy's president's tenure in office, he said those words. Just what does that mean? What does that mean? What was John Kennedy trying to tell America? Was he trying to tell us that all Americans, regardless of our stature in life, our stature in the community, whatever, we should give up some sacrifice, some time, some effort for the preservation of our country and all the freedoms that we enjoy? Or should we continue to stick our hand out and ask our country and fellow Americans to grease it with free money, welfare, etc., Was he calling people to service, whether it be in the military or other types of service to do good for our country? How many Americans back then listened to those words and took them to heart? You're listening to one of them. I was a young man of 17 years old. I joined the military. I went in the military. I tried to do my best for my country like millions of other young men back then did. Eventually we were all set off to war by our government. Our government was asked us to do something for the country, protect it against those who would want to destroy it. And we marched off to war like many Americans before us had done. And all the wars that America has been involved in. We took it upon ourselves, whether through conscript of being drafted or volunteering, it didn't make a damn hill of beans. Once you were on the field of battle, whether you were a draftee or a person who signed up at their own free will. We were all in the same boat together. We had to have each other's backs or die. And we did exactly that. We had each other's backs. We didn't give a damn if the guy next to you was a Jewish guy or a Catholic or a Protestant or if they were Baptist or black or white or Hispanic or Chinese American, Japanese American. It didn't make a hill of beans. You either had to rely on those individuals as your brothers in arms or die. Most of us, when we came back from the battlefield and eventually made our way back from Vietnam or World War II or World War I or the Civil War, whatever war we were involved with, we come to realize that life meant something to us, it was very precious. We seen our friends die on the battlefield. We seen her heads blowed apart. We seen them blowed apart from smithereens arms, legs gone. Boots with no with a foot in it lay next to you. And when you got back to the homeland, you looked at things completely different. Battle weary, sleep deprived And you looked at things completely different than the day you got on that plane or that boat to go off to battle. For one thing, most of us, all of us really, were worn out. I served one tour in Vietnam, 12 months and 12 days. I was told when I was going to be coming home. When men marched off to World War I and II in the Korean War, they weren't told that. The question was, Hey Sarge, when am I coming home? And the Sarge would reply, You're coming home two ways, when the war is over, or in a body bag. Fast forward to today and look at our military people serving in the Middle East, wherever. Some of us serve seven, eight, nine combat tours. Remember what John F. Kennedy said? Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. We have less than 1% of able-bodied Americans serving in the military. They have left it at the feet of less than 1% of the the military to be served and serviced by less than 1% of the American people, men and women, who are doing what their country asks. The rest, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want a dog in the fight now or ever. Let somebody else's parents, let somebody else's family put their kid, their dog in the fight. We'll stay home and enjoy the freedoms, the Big Macs and whatever. Let those doofuses march off to war. And yes, they've been called that. And worse. Americans today, most, not all, are spoiled. Spoiled. Underinformed. I don't give a damn. Population that relies on government and the mainstream media, pro West, to make their decisions for them. Americans today have no concept, no concept at all, of sacrifice for country at any level. The name of the game is self gratification. I want it now. I am always a victim. If I don't get my way, I am always a victim. But I remain fat, dumb, and happy. That is America today. The majority of people side with people that run butcher shops to kill unborn American citizens. Our politicians say they go along with it because the Supreme Court has found some little passage in the Constitution. that says it's fine and good to murder unborn babies. And our politicians stand up and say I side with the Supreme Court. They say we can murder them, so we do. Don't ask me that question again. Other Americans, they don't want to hear any of it. I had a relative a while back I was talking to about partial birth abortion. I was describing partial birth abortion to her. She did not want to hear it. She says there is no way anybody would do such a thing. This is something you Republicans and you people on the right made up. I don't think any human being would do that to another human being. She refused to accept the truth. She covered it up with pointing the finger back at me and calling me a liar because I'm a conservative. But you see, folks, that's the way the left operates. They deny anything that stands in their way. They deny anything that is a truth that would make them look bad or morally corrupt. They flip it around. They spin it. And they point the finger back at you. And they say, you conservative, you Republican, you patriot, you're the ones that are making this up. You're lying. God help you for lying for th- about things like that. That's what I was told. Don't be telling me your lies as a conservative. There's no such thing as partial birth abortion. There's no such way that an American of any cut of the cloth or any individual would do anything like that to another American. And my relative was a Christian, is a Christian. Refused to believe it. Her church had never mentioned it. Her church had never mentioned abortion. What she knew about abortion was the same old adage I used to hear all down through the ages. Well, it's better they do that than go into the alley and stick a coat hanger up them. I said to her, How about absences? How about making sure you want that baby before you engage in uh, sex? Bottom line, sex produces babies. Do you want one or not? In today's age, yeah, I'll have all the damn sex I want, and if I happen to get pregnant, I'll just destroy it, kill it, throw it away, throw it in a trash can, sell its parts. Heathens. Morally bankrupt. I don't give a damn about America, about human life, about anything. Just leave me alone. I've got to go watch my reality shows. Don't you dare talk to me about partial birth abortion. It doesn't exist. It's a figment of your imagination. It's something that you conservatives made up to make us liberals and progressives and so on look bad. No one would ever do anything like that to a human being. That was told to me five, six years ago and it still rings in my brain today as if it was told to me ten seconds ago how any individual, how my flesh and blood could offer up something like that as an excuse to cover up what they down deep in their heart know exists. This is Gary Gatehouse Radio Show, Friday edition, Anything Goes. I hope I've imparted onto you listeners today some information And I want you to know everything that I talk about comes from my heart, from my upbringing, from my mind, from the way I have been raised, the way I have waded through life and arrived at this point. I believe in God. I believe in the Holy Bible. I believe in the sanctity of life. I believe in the sanctity of marriage. I believe in America. I believe that we are the greatest country on earth. Ever, but there are people chipping away at our foundation every day. People who don't give a damn about morals, about freedoms, about love of country, patriotism. They think it's all corny, stupid, and that's the people we fight. That's us folks on the pro-life movement, as patriots. That is the people we engage in every day on the combat of political and moral ideas. Until Monday, this is Gary Gatehouse wishing you all a great weekend, a blessed weekend. God bless you and your families. Until Monday, good day.
2: Singing something like this. Listen here. Oh,
4: beautiful,
2: far spacious skies, far amber waves of grain,
1: For purple mountain
2: majesties run the fruited plane. But now wait a minute I'm talking about America Sweet America You know, God done shed his grace
4: on thee